0: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you want legendary service. If you, you want, want sweeter, sweeter discounts. Discount.
2: Try bundling and with insurance.
0: Get a quote and save by bundling auto and home with insurance.
3: After going twenty six and two in his best finish in the weekend league ever. Foot content creation legend, Air Japes FIFA joins us to discuss the tactics that he believed made the difference. We'll also be discussing how to beat the drop-back counter-attack, goalkeeper movement, and some player reviews, including an elite budget icon centre-back. I'm your host Ben, and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly podcast on Foothead and all your usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to week Twenty-one of the Foot Weekly Podcast, and with me is my usual podcast co-host, Steve Stokes, aka The Foot Tactician, everyone's favourite Chris Sutton impersonator.
1: How are you doing? I'm okay. Um, a totally unintentional Chris Sutton impersonator, and I'm coming off the back of an elite hangover here, so uh, I'm just going hang, to hang in here as best as I can.
3: Yeah, I, I was sort of saying, oh, you were right, a bit ill or whatever, but it turns out it's just self-inflicted.
1: Self-inflicted. It's a pub quiz that ran away with us, Ben. That's well, what I thought you we were quite used to quizzes getting
3: away from you after your performance in our Christmas special. Of course, against actually the guest that we have on today, who made that comeback and uh, got the win against you. In the what?
1: End. This has gone from a draw to a win, and we haven't even answered any
3: questions. <laughs> and of course, that man is Air Japes. How are we doing?
2: good good it was uh a definite win because uh i listened back to make sure and i think everybody else that's listening back would confirm that as well so steve uh it's one nil to me for the foreseeable future and looking forward to enjoying uh a fantastic winning 2019 no i'm, I'm not playing next year <laughs> yeah. well then i will remain forever undefeated so I, it feels bad
3: Maybe Japes will have to become the quiz master next year, um, considering. Oh, I like that. We can can pit our wits against each other. You join us, I guess, after what has been quite a busy couple of months of FIFA since we last spoke, especially on the gameplay front. And I think that's probably where we're going to start this week. It feels like we've talked about the patch every week for a few weeks, but people are still quite undecided on what they think about it. There's still a certain amount of negativity in the community, I'd say, around the patch. A listener tweeted us, Per Andres, saying... Do you think the game is as bad as some people have been suggesting? I'm a bad player and I'm really enjoying the game now. Is it just better players that are suffering from the current state of the game? Japes, what would you say to that?
2: Is it better players? It is people that want to use... FIFA as a footy simulation are enjoying this patch more. People that were willing to do anything to make sure that they would win their matches are struggling because the uh, some of the exploitable mechanics have been tweaked or nerfed and they're not working anymore and so this is like that point in the year where people you know even if you were switching from like a fifa 18 to a fifa 19 where everybody complains and complains and complains right because they haven't figured out how to like had to relearn how to score goals and so i think that's what's happening to a lot of players that relied heavily on finesse shots and first-time finesse shots uh, before and now they're saying I can't score goals, and all of a sudden I'm like losing games. And what is this? Uh, I have to play differently, and I don't want to change because it's so late in the cycle. And what the heck have you done, EA? You make me feel like I'm no longer a good FIFA player. Uh, so I, but for, for me personally, I, I absolutely love this patch. I think it's fantastic. Um, the not getting scored on in Finesse Shot Simulator uh, is really, really enjoyable. Um, mm. And, it, Like that's, and here's the thing. It's not to say you still can't score finesse shots. When you do time finishing properly with a finesse shot and you have a quality player, it it feels good watching that curl into the far corner. Like scoring that goal Mm. now feels good. It was to a point before where it was, it didn't even feel good. It's just like, I got to work this chance to try to get it to score and hope it goes in. And if it goes in, that's great. But, It didn't feel like a a goal that was enjoyable to score. Now you can score on some load-driven shots. You can score from crosses. You can score on power shots. You can uh, pass it around and beat back lines. So I'm a big fan of what was done in this last patch.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think I can understand the people who are complaining about maybe it being late in the day to have done this patch. You feel like maybe considering it was an error in finesse shots that they should have sorted it earlier, but... I don't think you can argue that the game isn't better for it. I mean, Steve, I, I think you also, from what you said the, the past couple of weeks, would agree that it's a better game for the most recent patch.
2: What's, what's interesting, too, I'm going to, like, quickly on time finishing. So I actually have found myself not using it that much anymore. Like,
3: yeah, yeah, I'd say so, yeah.
2: Like, I'm, I don't feel it's as necessary, but I, fi- I find myself getting in situations where I feel like it's important to go for a timed finish. Right, so where mm. and then it feels really, really good when it goes in, and I, I think that's like that's what time finishing is EA was probably going for, or what it was meant to be. Now obviously, I'm you know, maybe like a weekend of this patch, so I'm sure people are going to find uh, mechanics and exploits and stuff in the future that's going to make me want to regret saying this, but for for now, it feels good to score goals again, which is something that I think the game was really missing before. I agree with practically everything that you've said there, Japes.
1: Um, Apart from the timed finishing, I think that timed finishing is more important now than it has been at any stage of the game, especially the uh, the timed power shot from the edge of the box. So, from the kind of position Mm. where you people were taking finesses normally, if you hit a timed finish from there uh, across the keeper, you can be pretty sure it's going in. So,
2: yeah, but. I guess to the point, I'm not saying it's not important, but I'm saying do you feel like you have to use time finishing every time or are there situations which call for time finishing and when you get it right, those situations feel really well, for good? for me personally, it's, it's habitual. Uh,
1: I, I basically train myself to okay. do it early on in the game, so it's it's not something that I sort of choose at this point really. I don't, I'd encourage everybody to do that really. I, I think you're certainly not going to lose by, by hitting a green time time to finish.
3: But the thing is, you are going to lose if you hit an orange. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. Like, there are so,
2: certain chances when you work a high quality chance now. Like, hmm. sure, if you were to hit time finishing perfectly every single time, you're putting yourself in advantage. Yeah. But if you're like, you're, there are situations where you can now really feel like you're scoring without using time finishing. Right. And it feels like it's a, you create a good chance. You've got a really good shot of, putting it into the back of the net without having to use time finishing to hit this finesse shot curler around the camera. Oh, for
1: sure, yeah. I mean, there are times mm. where often when it's a first time shot, you, you don't have the the time to hit the timed finish. So yeah, not, not everything has to be timed. And I would add as well that when people are using timed finish uh, to avoid hitting the yellow, you're much better to wear on the side of caution uh, towards hitting it late than early. Uh, because the light shot will just act yeah, as, a really an, good as an ordinary non-timed shot.
3: Yeah, so the, the way that it works, it's good to remind people actually, so when you're hitting a time finish, if you do it the quickest possible, which is definitely bad, you go into red, and then slightly uh, later than that, you go into yellow, slightly later than that, you're in the green, and that's perfect. But after that, you're actually doing it too late, and that just counts as a normal shot. If you imagine the ball's already left the foot, so therefore obviously your input isn't going to make any difference. Um, so obviously, as you were just saying, the idea should be to leave it as long as you can, because then you're not going to be punished. And I agree kind of with both of you. I think especially with long shots, timing them makes a huge difference. The amount of goals mm-hmm. I've scored with the pie and actually players with lower finishing, it's also more important to time your yeah. finishes, I guess. But long shots, particularly, if you time them right, you hit it with power they're really effective and I think actually this goes, feeds us into something that I also wanted to discuss which we touched on last week but would be good to talk about more. People parking the bus is really common so people use a drop back tactic, really low depth basically and a lot of people have complained about that, and I have to say I haven't found it a huge issue myself. Japes, have you found it an issue at all?
2: No. I, I, like honestly, I found that people if they if they want to go ahead and use that, I struggle more against press players. I'll just like get that out of the way to begin with. But if people want to use the drop back tactic, I end up with 65 70 percent possession on this patch, and eventually find a way to pick a gap through their backline. So it's it's really not bothering me at all. And those players that are using that and then trying to instantly counter. Like I don't feel like those counterattacks are that hard to prevent because they end up with such a gap between even if they're using a two-striker formation, like their two strikers and the rest of their team.
3: The only thing I'd say is I've come up against a few players who've had someone like, I don't know, Ronaldo or a really high caliber, say like Mbappe Team of the Year, and they can completely destroy your defense if they're left sort of even on their own up front. And against players like that, it is quite difficult. But then you kind of think, well, actually, if so I've been using, just on this weekend league, I've happened to be playing Eder Militao, the foot future stars card Mm. in in defence. And because he's so quick, you actually don't really need to worry so much. As long as you're switching to him early and anticipating where the run's going, Mm -hmm. you can generally get across to to cover. So I think having sort of far centre-backs is going to be a huge help. And if you're not able to match your opposition's attackers for pace I think you might struggle
2: uh maybe I don't know I like I don't have slow center backs at the moment but I'm using the uh UEFA uh Ta and the uh what is it what was the orange promotion headliners Marquinhos
3: yeah so headliners Marquinhos not, is quick but he's, he's not
2: exceptional yeah and anything. I've got I don't have I've have anchor on him and I have shadow on mm. Ta but I don't really feel like they're ever at like a crazy loss for pace Either so I, I don't know. I perhaps it's like I, perhaps there's something where, or maybe there's something that just like clicked in my head for FIFA recently. But um, I mean, maybe
3: I'm just not a very good defender, which is also true. So <laughs> I mean, I, I guess you're going to be able to get away with it more if you're a better defender, right?
2: Yeah, I I think so. Manual defending doesn't feel as bad to me anymore, and I I don't think there was anything that was patched with that. I think that just has more to do with the fact that you can press now manually and try to bait people into things without having them hit these like crazy one-time finesse shots from wherever right like Mm. i think i struggled before with the way i wanted to defend with pushing people into areas that i didn't that didn't feel like they would be a real scoring opportunity but because of the way finesse shots were like anything was kind of a scoring opportunity around the box you know what i mean so Mm. now i think you can press manually and do it effectively in a a way that forces the issue and allows or makes the attacker if they're good they'll take you on right and that's certainly a possibility but if they're bad they're going to have to recycle or they're going to lose possession
3: so would you say then japes that you're not really getting caught out that much by counterattacks? because i feel a lot of people have complained even higher profile and people in the community about the part of the bus tactic and how you can still counterattack very effectively despite being so deep. Have you not found that so much of an issue? No. <laughs> I, That's interesting.
2: I, I, like, not, not really. I So I've got uh, the 91 uh, Lothan Mateos on stay back in my formation and I he tends to cut out a lot of those like really, really quick, quick counterattacks. But I don't play with like a particularly high line i don't play with a particularly deep line but i think it's just being the counter attacks now just feel so predictable to me right like what people are trying to do and maybe it's just because i've been defending against that four one two one two 2 narrow for like ages right like i feel like every fifa to the point where it's like it's real real predictable which passes and what people are trying to accomplish mm, and so the true, true. the only times that I truly feel like it's i have trouble with it is when i'm coming up against team of the year ronaldo team of the year mbappe holt Vieira. you know like the absolute elite of the elite players that can totally control the midfield and then have two attackers that are also going to be problems right but if if a team's not balanced to where every player is a truly elite player like it, it hasn't felt like too much of a struggle dealing with those counter-attacks
3: and so, Steve, have you found part of the bus and drop back?
2: Well, I think that
1: it's it's quite a major issue on the pro scene at the moment. I think it's quite prevalent in Division 1, and I think it's something that we'll see in a lot of tournament play. So it's something that I've spent actually quite a lot, lot of time looking at this week. And from a mechanical point of view, and I'd, I'd encourage people to check this for themselves, one of the most noticeable things with the tactic is that it only comes into effect at the moment when you cross the halfway line. So you can, play, you can play the ball around in your own half for as long as you like and the defensive line will stay quite high. And, and what this enables you to do is, is effectively wait until your players are in a favourable position where you've perhaps got an overload on one side of the pitch so you can actually match up against the drop-back defence because normally the problem is that you're outnumbered in attack. So you can actually, as long as you're playing it around with your centre-backs and you don't cross the halfway line, you can then just launch the attack when it looks favourable and that will give you better matchups. Um, in terms of defending the counter-attacks, the most common mistake that I see in coaching when people are getting caught out with counters is that they tend to chase the ball a bit, bit more than they should. They, they tend to try and wipe out the counter at its source and you're much better off to just play the percentage and just drag bodies back and just slow it down and, and make sure that you've got enough personnel back there to to defend it
2: I agree but I like real as a as a general tip and thought process for for something that works for me I'm gonna re- specifically refer to the four one two one two narrow which is getting more prevalent right or if it's not the four one two and two narrow it's any formation where they've got Say I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about the same thing, which is we're not talking about a unit counter attack where they're like their whole squad is kind of attacking forward. I'm I'm assuming we're referring to people that are playing super deep and then pinging like those driven passes, right? Trying to get it to their yeah. strikers, that are attacking mid, real quick, and trying mm-hmm. to take on your two center backs and an outside back, and you're holding mid, right? With two, is or this three That triangle, with it. like
3: three three
2: players off. The yeah, ball. exactly. So I find it. Rather than trying to defend what they're doing, I think it's because because the nature of the counterattacking style where people are trying to work it forward as quickly as possible to try to get in behind your team, usually, you can usually bait a bad decision. You know what they're trying to do. And you say, okay, I'm going to make it look like that's fine and then quickly switch to your centre-back and just pick out the pass right, problem, yeah. right? Or, or or pick it out, you know, bait with your CDM, like you're going to press and they play the ball and then you make an instant tackle and you're like, well, that was a cool counter. Now I'm going to have my build-up Oh, for sure.
1: The, the, there are, um, there are, you know, you're right to point out. There are more effective ways of dealing with it. Um, the the sort of advice that I'm giving applies more to the the average sort of man-in-the-street FIFA player, um, which you're certainly mm. not, Japes. <laughs>
2: well I don't know about that but um the I I just think it's it's important to like I agree that your if your advice for your the bang average uh like if you're a bang average player that is strong advice to think of as a habit but it's also important to start thinking not just reacting to what your opponent is gonna do but start getting in the mindset of how can I control what they're gonna do and that might come from like I was a center back when I played in real life right so you're always like You know, the way I think is show the player outside, like, what situation can I put myself in to make a good tackle? Um, And so FIFA, it's the same sort of mindset. It's, you know, it's a little bit of a bend, but don't break. It's, yeah, I'll I'll give up that pass. No problem. And then you're going to try to make this pass right here. And when I get beat, it's when people do something really unpredictable right if specifically if it's a skill move that's really unpredictable and then i roll my eyes and go "Uh uh-oh right (laughs) because they went they knew i was trying to bait them or they they saw what i was giving them and went a different direction entirely and i think that's the best fifa players when they're attacking are ones that are truly unpredictable which is why text for example is so good because you watch his gameplay and you're like i that just didn't like people don't usually do that Right. Like, why? Why did he decide to make that decision or go for that extra skill move in that situation, uh, which allowed for an easier pass at the end of it? So just just something as you're trying as people are trying to improve. Think about why your opponent is making the decision they are to, to make that pass. I think that's all angles covered,
1: really, there, Jokes. That's basically the difference between, I don't know, gold one defending and, and elite defending, I guess. When people are comfortable with, with getting the numbers back for the counterattacks, I, I definitely agree with you 100%. That's where you've got to look at being more proactive instead of just sort of the read and react, which is the uh, the more basic level of defending. So what,
3: like a classic example of this would be you make it look like the player's cam's free and then you move in front of him with the CDM once he tries to make the pass. Is that, is that kind of the thing that we're talking about? Yeah, I would think so.
2: Yeah. Um, or knowing yeah. that if you're as you're going with your CDM to pressure the cam, if they're receiving the ball from the the striker on one side, if you act like you're going, like you're chasing and shift at the last second as they're receiving the ball to block to the other side, most people try to turn and shift the point of attack there, so you can get an easy tackle that way.
3: And one thing that not many people think about, I reckon, around stopping counters but also playing against the majority of players who seem to have a cam 99% of teams i play play a formation with a cam is especially for playing two cdms you have your most defensive cdm on man mark rather than cut passing lanes um, or balanced as they normally are and that actually does often mean that your cdm will sit on top of the cam rather than sort of marking the space around them and i find that can be quite effective to to make sure that the players not able to counter attack through the centre and most players do counter attack through the centre I think
1: that, that is actually really effective I mean th- there are really a ton of different ways of, of dealing with the counter and another good one without going into too much detail on all of them is you can bait players into uh, into being caught offside when you're controlling your centre backs as well mm. so th- there's a lot of options there really yeah and I suppose that's
3: the thing you know part of the bust was in the game before but it wasn't effective because finesse shots were so effective So I guess with all these things, the patch is kind of like starting a new game. There are so many changes to the way the game is now compared to how it was before that I think people are getting frustrated because they don't quite realize the enormity of the patch in terms of the impact it's had. And I see this as the second week of FIFA, if you think of it like that you know people don't know quite what to do in a lot of situations um, because of the changes in the gameplay and especially because people have spent six months or so playing in a completely different
2: way i think yeah for the first six months all everybody talked about was how can you get yourself in a position to hit a timed finesse shot whether it's first Mm. first timed or however however you want to look at it like that was that was how you scored on fifa 19 yeah, that's no longer the case. So people are having to totally relearn that. Um you could like undoubtedly you can still score from those, but now the way the game's set up, like I don't mind if I'm gonna if somebody's gonna play on drop back and I'm gonna you know play a little bit more of a possession style And I'm going to get hit on a counter here or there, right? Like that's my choice to be, to play that sort of possession style, get a lot of numbers and bodies forward to where I could leave myself a little bit exposed, but I do it, because I believe that I, I am uh, capable and more effective at playing the style of FIFA that I want or the style of footy that I want and doing better by controlling the game with those numbers. And if some so if somebody wants to sit back counter against me, I need to be able to defend that and cognizant that's gonna happen prior to that like it just didn't it just didn't matter what style you played for the most part like everybody played that 4231 narrow why did they play that because that was how you could set up the easiest finesse shots period it was as good as you could it was how you stopped the finesse shots best and it's how you could create your own finesse shots easiest and so everybody played that and if you didn't you're putting yourself at a distinct disadvantage hmm. currently yeah. the game's not like that it's, I, I think that People
1: who are the real dissenters against the patch are the people who have fallen into the trap of, of just knowing how to play the game one way, and it's, it's something that I really emphasise whenever any kind of new meta emerges. If, if you're just going to learn how to play the game and how to score goals one way, then then you're really just a fool unto yourself. Um, and it's never been so. It's never been so clear, I guess, um, as, as with how this patch has changed this year. But um, whenever a new meta emerges, if if you just abuse that and abuse that, you you will eventually become a worse FIFA player for it.
2: Yeah, I think, I I don't know about you, Steven. correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this year there were a lot of players that uh, felt like they made the jump from good FIFA players to great FIFA players because they'd mastered this one mechanic. Yeah. And now those players are back to being a little bit more average and that is really frustrating for people right because they felt like they had no control over going back to being or not not being what they got used to being
1: right but but it's purely because their rating was initially arguably false because it it was all predicated on abusing this time finesse mechanics yeah but that was but
2: that was the game so that's how good they were at that game and then ea said you know what This isn't the game that we think it should be. And this is like, I would be, I'm sure they have the data. I would be super curious to see the percentage of goals scored up until this patch that were finesse shot goals. Right, yeah. Right, in foot foot champions alone. Yeah. It would be crazy. Like you'd still, obviously you've got your near post headers and that's not going anywhere, but. um.
3: Although it's interesting, actually, I wonder whether one of the reasons why it wasn't identified so quickly is because If I looked at my first 10 or 15 games of Weekend League compared to my last 15, the amount of finesse shots scored would be actually very different because the people I'm playing my first 10 or 15 aren't so aware of the meta, even though they're playing Weekend League and they just weren't scoring as many. So I wonder whether it's actually almost a top 10% problem, if you know what I mean. Mm. It, It is something that you have to learn and have to get good at. But as you were saying the worst thing about it was it was literally one thing that people were having to learn and get good at it's
2: a broken Um, mechanic that people built their entire style around like their entire Mm. setup was built around one mechanic which is crazy for a for for a simulation that's built around a sport that is you know on any given saturday or sunday there can be all sorts of awe-inspiring ways that people can score and there are Hundreds and thousands of different tactics and setups that people try to, you know, get the best of their opponent so they can win games. And in FIFA, it was one. You tried to score one way and you had to use one formation to get the most out of that one way. One thing,
3: Japes, I wanted to ask you is where do you stand on moving the goalkeeper this year? How how do you feel about that?
2: So actually, I have quite enjoyed it since the patch i didn't love it before because i felt like the keepers were so quick at moving like so so fast that it was like whoa like well i suppose it's not even just moving it was how quickly they'd reposition when someone would mess up moving them i think that was my Mm, overarching issue with it but i i don't mind that look if if somebody's gonna be like okay so you're four. uh 4-1-2-1-2, 412 and 2, right? Say you do get beaten by a counter, somebody plays a through ball, they're running between the penalty spot and the edge of the 18, right? Like they're in the middle right there. In FIFA, people like to shoot that across the keeper. Like they just do, mm. right? So, if I say to myself in that situation, I know what's coming. I don't, I don't think it's bad to be able to move your keeper over to stop that. But if I move my keeper over and I and he decides not to shoot it when I think he's going to shoot it, that should be an easy goal for him.
3: I, I think I personally love the mental battle. And it's something that I have mentioned last week. I'm not especially good at moving my keeper, but I've come up against some people who are and who really did well at reading my shots. But in this one particular game, this guy had saved quite a lot of my shots. He wasn't actually that good at going, going forward. The game was tied and... He'd probably saved I don't know, about five or six shots just from reading where I was going to shoot. And I was through on goal. I faced the way that he was expecting me to shoot, dummied it. He moved across and I just put it on the other side. And it is actually so satisfying. Mm. And you will not experience that without controlling the keeper being in the game.
2: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, and to further your point, when you when I lose games to someone that is fantastic with their keeper movement, right? Like we're in a tight game. It's nil-nil and they've saved a bunch of my shots and I'll lose the game one zero, right? Or one nil, And it's really down to how many manual saves they've made. I think to myself at the end of those games, man, I really got to learn how to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking this stupid game, like blah, 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 blah. It's because, man, what I did was so predictable that they were able to see it coming and stopped me from doing it.
3: Yeah. And so something else which connects with that, which actually Dan Foot Trader, who's been on the pod before, and basically commented on Twitter on the post for the podcast uh, last week, he says, in reference to the debate around one-on-ones, Gary Neville a few years ago did an analysis around the Gea um, and goalkeepers in general, and he's explaining whilst everyone thinks 1v1s, the forward has the advantage actually it's the goalkeeper who's expected to make a save. Most coaches expect goalkeepers to make 80% of one-on-one saves. And he plays in goal and was saying that he'd always been taught that he's in the position of power and sort of has the advantage. And that, you know, through narrowing angles, body spreading and blocks, you actually do have an advantage over the attacker. And FIFA has actually done quite a good job of representing this by making one-on-ones quite difficult.
2: Yeah, I I don't have an issue with one-on-ones at all. I like here's the thing. If I if they the AI if you let the AI defend the one-on-one, like they do an okay job of closing down the space. If you manually take over, you can do even better, but if you mess up the one-on-one uh as the defender and like call your keeper out, like I'm going to just chip it over you every time, right? So like if you don't if you mm-hmm. don't time it well and make a keeper error via either movement or calling too early or whatever it might be, like you can you score a high percentage of those right but the yeah. the other ones like yeah it can be challenging and what that's why like i don't know i think of players a lot of times in one-on-one situations trying to go around the keeper if they do a good mm. job of cutting angles and that i, I think yeah, is, yeah. that i think uh, yeah, is challenging true. to do in fifa though
3: i mean yeah and if someone does bring the keeper out and um the opportunity is there to it over them then uh, of course JP you can welcome them to the uh
2: welcome to them to the chip life right welcome to the chip, life. chip. that's right you set me up for that i was like oh <laughs> he just stopped That's what he's looking for. uh but on the, on the other side too if they don't bring out the keeper and try to cut down the angles like they're very easy to score right like those yeah. then it's yeah. like you're shooting at a, a gaping goal at that point so there's obviously yeah. i think there's a fine i don't know i think there's a fine balance in the game right now
3: yeah and there's a lot of talk in the community at the moment around this thing called the low driven finesse and basically what it is, is you do a finesse shot, you press LB and RB or L1 and R1, and that, well, it basically means you do a finesse shot animation and you do a low-driven shot afterwards. So there is a little bit of spin on the ball maybe that is coming into play because of that. Maybe. But I have to say, having having tried it out quite a lot, I really don't think that there's actually that much advantage to doing that. It's basically like a low-driven. The ball maybe goes slightly higher uh, when you do a standard low-driven but really, I don't think there is a big difference. And I don't think you any, you have any increased chance of scoring based on it. So because the button combination is slightly awkward, I personally would just go on the record and say, I don't think it's worth bothering to learn. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Steve.
1: I'd, I'd agree with you entirely. Um, I mean, I, I guess you'd need a, a, a gameplay dev to answer this categorically. But it seems to me that what it actually does is it, it triggers the finesse animation. So it'll look as if your player is performing a finesse shot but the action on the ball doesn't really seem to be affected by it.
3: Yeah, I think there might be a bit of spin, but there's no significant impact. I don't think it's going to massively increase your chance of scoring opportunities. One thing I did want to talk about this podcast, and it's something that's come up more and more more recently due to part of the bus being so effective, but it has been a, a topic of conversation throughout the year, It's actually the effectiveness of AI and whether it is too powerful, I suppose. What do you think about it, Steve, at the moment?
1: Well, I think AI defending is, to all intents and purposes, somewhat overpowered. It it could do with a bit of a nerf on on the face of things. But I think it's really time that we shifted the conversation away from AI defending and perhaps more towards AI attacking. Because there's just... Mm -hmm. The equity between them isn't there. The the attacking AI just doesn't match up to the defensive AI. AI. And... um, in terms of players making runs in terms of there being some level of predictability about player movement it's just not there and i think that that can often make the the defensive ai seem overpowered when perhaps that's not actually the case and perhaps it's it's more the case that the offensive ai needs needs a bit of work and from what I can gather, unfortunately, I think that would probably be quite a big job in terms of development. So it's not something I expect that we'll uh, we'll perhaps see this cycle. But I hope that it's something that's looked at, uh, certainly for FIFA 20. Uh, I would
3: I'd agree with all of that. And a minor thing which I find slightly frustrating is run triggering with LB doesn't seem to do anything but send your player off directly forward. Yeah. Um, in, a that's a, in a straight line? In a straight line, I don't get that at all. I think the other issue is that's the button for close dribbling, which is really easy to trigger runs by accident by doing a close con- controlled dribble with it. So there's a button conflict there, which I think isn't helping the situation. But I also agree that attacking AI maybe isn't as good as it could be. And also, though, it is a very difficult thing for any football simulator where any one person is actively controlling one or two players at a time um, and it's always going to be something that is a controversial and difficult thing to balance
1: i, I agree yeah completely um but i just it, it really frustrates me that it, it, i could swear sometimes that i'll play a pass to a player and the ai will wait until i've made that input and then it'll stop the player's run so it looks like i've just passed it into the middle of nowhere and it's it's uh it's frustrating to say the least
2: uh, I I'd, I'd agree with you, guy. I I don't. I'm trying to think back to examples where I was like, "What are you doing?" Like to you know, like I'm, say I'm like breaking through the midfield, right? And I think to myself, like, "What are you doing to my players?" Like, what sort of run is that? For a specific example, I, I think I think the variation. I don't know. I part of me wishes that, like, thinking towards attacking AI, that certain players would have. I don't. I don't know if this is possible. Like, obviously, you have that trait that's like tries to beat backline, right? So, I wish like that would come into play somewhere, so more players would feel unique the way they wanted to play. I don't know. I think that I think the variation would be good. I the the defensive AI recently hasn't felt that bad for me. It felt it felt a lot worse before, and, and that might just be me getting used to it, but. I think that the worst part about the defensive AI is you're not really rewarded for trying to make tackles and like win the ball back, right You're rewarded for letting trying to let the your opponent kind of mess up um, and I like I don't defend that way, but to your point of the run, every time when you tap make a run, they just run straight forward, like that's dumb like that it's been that way for forever, and like I wish lB was attack space, right. Like, I'm telling you to make a run. You attack the closest space to you. Or, like, the AI... Is there the AI, an argument the, that they
3: should do that anyway, though, <laughs> even without the input? But. Well, yeah.
2: yeah, I think I think you certainly could make that argument. But I think some of that comes down to, like, the tactics and how you're set up. Like, yeah. in real football, the way, uh, I don't know, like, City played Chelsea today, right? So the way Pep's idea of what attacking space looks like is different to what Sarri's idea of attacking space would look like right so i think that the way your the offensive ai functions should have a be on your tactics a little bit as well i, I think you make mm. a
1: great point there actually japes yeah that there is no kind of uniformed um definition of what space is you know obviously Guardiola is all about the half spaces i mean you've, you've got to factor in as well that the attack positioning stat on your on your player's card mm. also has a, a, a real direct influence on that
2: i totally agree
3: yep totally agree as well and on that nice bit of agreement we're going to end this first part of the foot weekly podcast we'll be back in just a second with Jape's tactics which have brought him great success and if you want to see the tactics so you can replicate them yourself just go to the tweet where we've put out this podcast and you'll see in the replies steve with a video to help you out we'll be back in just a second
2: hey guys it's Wayback hd here and you're listening to
3: the
0: foot weekly podcast
3: To the foot weekly podcast with me again is japes how did you enjoy that break japes
0: Ah, oh, it was
2: it was the best break i've ever had i just sat outside and, or sat and sat outside <laughs> sat inside and watched the snow <laughs> fall outside very peaceful
3: mm, what kind of temperature are we talking
2: Ah, uh, i can tell you i think it's in the high 20s today i don't know what that is it's 20 it's 28 degrees in chicago
3: yeah, I have I don't no idea what that means for us on Celsius. I've just checked. It's bloody cold.
2: That's negative two degrees Celsius. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. That's a little chilly, yeah. <laughs> um, and Steve, how are things with you? Any frozen chickens that you're in?
1: No, it was great. I, I enjoyed the conversation about American art history and architecture, as always.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always an interesting chat. We should probably turn the break into a podcast, actually. Probably go down quite well. Mm. Oh, yeah, you didn't answer my question about frozen chickens.
1: Oh, chickens are, are actually quite resourceful when it comes to the winter. They do tend to feed up on grain, which fattens them up and, and protects them against the cold, Ben. So, no, we, we have had freezing issues with the actual coop where um, working wooden components have actually frozen together, but the chickens are fine.
2: So, actually, my sister-in-law has chickens, and has the a best people do. but there so there was i don't know if it made news where you guys are but we had uh what was a polar vortex in chicago
0: oh yeah Not this past I about week that. But like yeah. the
2: week before to where temperatures got down to like negative 30 degrees which is oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. negative uh hold on i've got my little thing it's negative 34 degrees celsius wow and that's excluding wind chill. So it was with wind chill, it was meant to be negative 50, which is like negative 45 Celsius, right? So for her chickens, she's got like a space here, like speed heat lamp set up in the coop itself. So they just have to be locked inside. Cause if they were to even walk outside, I think they would just die.
1: They're lucky chickens.
2: Wow. They're very pampered. But talking about cold snap, actually, Japes, which you had, it,
3: it looks incredible. Some of the images were like a disaster film.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was like Game of Thrones, right? Like, winter's coming. <laughs> winter, winter is here. So well, wow. White Walker's everywhere.
3: So, yeah, from King of the North to King of the Weekend League, Japes, <laughs> I understand you've had a fair bit of success this weekend, and we're going to talk about your tactics. Um, in fact, Marcos... Asked on Twitter, what your playing philosophy in FIFA 19 is, and whether it's you know possession, counterattacks, um, and uh, whether you lo- actually specifically whether you use the fullbacks a lot. But yeah, just give us a rundown of, of what you're doing um, this weekend.
2: Yeah, so I'm not done with weekend league, right? But this is probably my mm. most successful uh, weekend so far. I'm at 22 and one. Nice. And the Ooh. the one the one oh, nice. loss I was against one of those mega teams that we talked about before, with all the team of the years and the prime. And Vieira in the four one two and two, uh, and I think I lost. Ended up losing that game three to one, but the the last goal came like very late as I was pushing forward to try to equalize. So uh, I didn't feel like a thumping or anything like that. And I did have chances, and he was good at moving the keeper. So I, I didn't feel mm. bad losing that game. Um, but I'm playing the the four two three one wide variation because remember we're not trying to craft our. uh Finesse shots all the time, so no need to use that four-two-three-one arrow, which a lot of people are still using. And I find this formation is really, really good against it. But playing philosophy, it's you know, in in past FIFAs, I I guess for all FIFAs, I try to, I suppose in some ways replicate styles that I see played in real football that I quite enjoy. And so you know, obviously, I'd use Falstein heavily. I can be a bit of a Pep fanboy, <laughs> but this case, it's uh, I'm more the way I'm using this is I'm I'm trying to be adaptable and so I think this this setup's really good for either if you want to hitting quickly on counterattacks but also like I find that I can really control the game nicely with it uh, and I, I find so it's it's super balanced and I started thinking about it more with that question It, it the way I, I guess I end up trying to play without even thinking about it is going back to Hankus Bayern like back in what was that 2004 Fourteen, maybe two thousand thirteen. I don't know. I should know that. Was that the Robin and Rebury heydays? Yes, that was. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so. With that said, I also have Team of the Year Messi in the squad, and he makes a big difference, right? So I'm not, mm. I'm not going to glaze over the, <laughs> the importance of that in any way, shape, or form. He's a very important player, but uh, the four two three one wide variation has been doing really, really well for me, uh, and I find that I'm in control of games and I'm scoring goals where I'm breaking down. My opposition uh, to the point where i 'm getting tappins a lot of the time,, uh, which is mm. you know when you truly feel like you 're utterly destroying your opponent
3: without a doubt and I think Steve and I' have both been using your tactics basically because yeah, you shared them. tell me what to you shared think. them with us. I was saying to you actually that I was playing the same formation, but just wasn 't quite sure of, of how to do it, and I think actually I needed your push to just make me play more possession and not have my defense as deep, and that has been one of the big factors and it does feel like you have a lot of control and I think the additional width that it has over the four two three one narrow really makes a difference. And I think as in real football, of course, stretching your opponent is just so important. The formation I think has a defensive solidity but also really stretches your opponent quite wide, which I, I really like. Um how would you Rate it, Steve.
1: I've enjoyed it. I haven't played that many games with it, I'm not gonna lie. I've probably played about three, four games with it, but so far so good, definitely. And much like you, Ben, I was already kind of gravitating towards the four two three one two, mainly through a recommendation from Lars Koroborg, the the Danish pro player who I've worked with. He he was suggesting that you could almost get a kind of tiki tacker going with it. I think you can. Um the players don't quite move into space the way they should, back to the offensive AI I guess, but it's it's effective and, and certainly in terms of, of being able to dominate the game as Japes is saying and, and moving it out wide and then back in again so that you do pull defenders out of position. I, I like it, and it's also you still have. If you want to use it, you still get the mismatches between the uh, the big wingers or the big cams, as it was in the four two three one, and the the fullbacks. So you can still get those far post crosses in, which I actually understand. Japes believes is a bit of a myth.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I, I I don't know. I haven't been maybe I haven't been hit by it, but it to me it's just so predictable. So going back to our discussion on on defensive philosophies. I just take that away if I think people are gonna go for that, like I'll sit on the the cutback on the wing, knowing that they're gonna try to hit the in swinger and it's like if you want to try to do something else that's fine, this seems to be your only plan of attack right now, so no, like yeah. I'm not gonna let you do that, and so I don't find it really that hard to defend and my players aren't really that big in the in the squad that I use. I'm using uh flashback Danny Alves who is who's creeping ever closer to my my most capped player this year and uh he has he, great jumping though he, yeah he's got fantastic <laughs> he's got fantastic jumping uh and so he can win a lot of headers and then i'm using uh taglia on the other side okay. um who i don't believe has fantastic jumping but i can tell you he has. oh no he's got 96 jumping as well so Tag- taglia who so if if Iax somehow manages to win a game, he'll get yeah. an upgrade too because it's the uh, the Champions League card. So that would be fantastic. But I'm linking him up with the uh, future stars uh, De Jong as my sort of box to box midfielder. So one of my one of my two holding midfielders uh, in my case the left defensive uh, midfielder I have on like perfectly on balanced. I, I don't I don't touch a thing other than on cover center. And then on the the right defensive mid, I've got stay back while attacking, and I believe cover center as well. But you, one of the having one of the holding midfielders with the freedom to get forward. And Diang's card is one that I'm really happy that I did as a uh, future stars card. I just think it's just a nicely balanced card. He's got 85 interceptions base stat and 79 marking. Mind you, he only has 71 standing tackle, but. Uh, I use him more for his passing and playmaking. You slap an engine on him, and he's got about 90 acceleration, 90 sprint speed, and 99 short passing, 95 long pass, something like that. With pretty pretty solid dribbling statistics as well. I noticed
1: from looking at your team that you've you've moved on from Keane quite quickly from Prime Icon Keane.
2: Yeah, but that was that was not so much to do with Keen. It was more of a chemistry thing. Unfortunately, uh, nationality there not really doing any favors for me mm-hmm. in terms of getting strong links to build hybrids. Even though that was a card that I I really really liked. Um, so and I did the the Figo SBC, and that was more because. I went through a phase in my mind where it was like Zlatan's never leaving my team so I might as well just do Figo and when Ronaldinho comes out then I'll just play the four three two one as like my base start and I can fit Zlatan in whenever I want until the end of times and then you know naturally <laughs> I got bored of that and instead I'm just stuck with Figo who uh, is above average but nothing that I'm that I'm out there recommending is a fantastic card to use.
3: Just to quickly track back a little bit you were mentioning about your defense not being especially dominant, yeah but actually marquinhos with anchor which you mentioned you had on him also has 99 jumping oh, so oh, there you Mar- go marquinhos so,
1: is great i've been using that card as well the the headliners marquinhos that is such a such a great is, value card yeah
2: for for 100k it's crazy like you're laughing if you're not using him so 100k like if you did the danny alves card too which danny alves what was he like 200k for the flashback it was around that i think yeah quite, quite a cheap one yeah so 300k and like that's that's the right side of my defense done and then I I put in the grind uh, to get that uh, UEFA TA card and that card with the shadow is is pretty strong as well. He's he's a big guy. He he only has I think 74 jumping. Um, you have to use shadow on him though because his acceleration otherwise is is a little shocking. He's, he's um, like a tank, isn't he? I've,
1: I've used him myself. Well, once with effective. his.
2: Yeah, his sprint speeds. His sprint speeds default eighty on the card right now. So with the shadow, it's ninety. So he takes a little while to get going, but once he gets there, he's pretty. He's pretty fast.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I I have used him a bit and I have to say that I didn't find him that great. But I suppose the eighty six you know, tar, you've got him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did him as well, and I got shadow on him. And I, to be honest, I haven't probably used him enough to be too aware of how to use him. I suppose because I, I haven't used him that much. But yeah. I did find him a little bit sluggish and awkward and I think I, at the time I was using Ramos and Hernandez um, in mm. form so Agile. I think the, the, the step down in terms of agility was just too big. Ben refuses <laughs> yeah. yeah. to use any with? cards that have below 90 agility
1: <laughs> yeah, including yeah. goalkeepers. It's all about, it's all about my, it 90
3: agility <laughs> 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 although actually I say this um, I wanted to which I might as well do now and we'll go back to talking about Japes tactics as we're talking about centre-backs I've been using Hierro quite a lot I'm going to call Fernando just because that's easier for me. And I've been amazed by how outstanding the baby Fernando is. You're basically maxing out his defensive stats with Shadow. I mean, okay, not quite. He's not slow, 90 acceleration, 85 sprint speed. But as we were just talking about the importance of jumping, he's six foot two and he's got 92 jumping just as his default on the card, which actually I was looking at the icons just about when the crossing meta looked like it was going to become a real issue. And I would say he's probably one of the best icon centre-backs in the air just on stats and height. And he's got high defensive work rate, medium attacking. I've mainly got him to get to hair on full chem. But yeah, he's, he's an outstanding player. He's got decent agility and easy balance as well, which is quite nice. Good passing as well. So if you're looking for someone to solve a chemistry issue, I'd, I'd really recommend him actually. So sort of 450k, I think I've got him for, or just under 500. So definitely... Really yeah, the cool.
2: piggyback, I just in general, I think a lot of the icon uh center backs, specifically their like non prime versions as well, are a little bit mm. overlooked. I had a fantastic time using uh Canavaro for a while too.
3: Yeah, I've heard good things about him actually. Yeah,
2: he's got ninety nine jumping uh as well and is like very uh, very tenacious player, um, but was really, mm. really fun to use. Like will he get bullied by you know, Hullet with like a hawk or something? Like, yes right uh but a lot of players are at that point uh but just in terms of in terms of chemistry like don't don't throw the uh the icons uh out of the window for your cbs yeah yeah
3: no, I totally agree and that actually just makes chemistry so much easier doesn't it Talking of which this week i really broke down my team sold some of the high ticket players and went a bit budget i don't know why i think partly because i know i'm not gonna have much time to play in the near future but uh, I did manage to play quite a bit of weekend league this weekend in the end, um, kind of rushed through it uh, quite a few games and things, but still the tactics worked really well for me as I was saying. And despite in this sort of budget team, which I wouldn't really bat myself with at all, I did get gold one with plenty of games to spare actually. And yeah, I was really impressed with it. So I guess it does show that this isn't a tactic which revolves around team of the year Messi.
2: Yeah. I, I think, I think that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I think that's great. I, I, it, to your point. I think it it certainly helps having elite players in there, and like Messi is fantastic for me. I think I've played a total of forty games with that card, and he's got like forty goals and forty assists playing in Division One and mm. weekend league, which is exactly what you'd want to ask for from your attacking mid, right? But but to your point, I think you could get away with uh, using lesser players because you just they have to be able to pass though. And if, they're, if, if you pick players that are just super pacey but aren't great passers, you could end up uh, in some tricky situations specifically because of the way you have to beat high press. Um, mm-hmm. And the other option would be is if you're using a big striker. I use the second player of the month Royce as my striker. So he's obviously not winning too many things in the air for me. But if you were to have, you know, that like Ibrahimovic or a big striker to where you could just sort of hoof it up when people press – you will be able to break against opponents all day, every day. By
1: far mm. the most effective method of, of countering the, the high press, by far. Mm. Yeah, and uh,
3: Hierro, 86 long passing, just saying. <laughs> this may be a slight digression <laughs> just, here, just perhaps, it out there. but
1: one of the things that's bothered yep. me for a long time in, in FIFA 19 is some of the images on the chemistry cards, and I finally managed to work out what the icon is on the Hunter chemistry card. Uh, it's the first time I've seen it, first time i figured it out. Wow. It's Wait, a snake isn't it?
3: You didn't realise? No. Nah. Wow. There you go. Big revelations here on the Foot Weekly Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but moving back to mm. uh, the tactics, so I wanted to ask, Japes, what specific attributes you're looking for in specific positions? And I guess wingers, you're probably pretty standard in terms of what you want out of them. But in terms of particularly your striker and cam and, and CDMs and your right back and left back, what kind of players are you looking for?
2: Oh, man. I'm the wrong person to ask questions like this. Uh, I'm going to be like, I don't know. You can figure it out. Whatever you have will probably be all right. You need it. I mean, for the midfield, you certainly you need a a tenacious ball winner that's willing to be aggressive and cover a lot of ground. So like uh, I've got the 91 Lothar Mateos. Uh, Conte would work. I don't know, a player like that. For the other holding mid, you want one that's more attacking-oriented, kind of your midfield maestro. That is the one you've got on the ball. It's certainly nice to have ones that are both capable of being box-to-box uh, the way I've got it, but uh, having the one that you're going to let drift further forward, it's good to have extra passing and dribbling abilities to to potentially hold the ball in some tricky situations. For your wingers, I think mm. uh, because you're, I'm using... Um, stay wide and uh, get in behind on the left mid and right mid. It certainly helps having a bit of pace to exploit the uh, left backs and right backs if they're pulled out of position, but you know, they're creators. So having a a top dribbling ability is good. And then of course I I mentioned passing, but like I don't cross, so I I don't really care what they're crossing. Well, I guess I'll throw in a cross occasionally, but it's, it's a real rarity and it's really only if I'm desperate and the, the ball is just in a terrible situation for me to do anything else. But don't really care about crossing, but having a nice, uh, specifically a nice short passing stat, I think is good. Long passing, maybe maybe not as important. You're looking for your, your left mid and right mid to have combo play between the outside back DM and, and the attacking mid. And then striker, uh, because I, I do use the... Stay forward and get in behind. Like, sure, having having pace is nice there, but uh, you could also make this work with a player that's you know a little bit bigger and, and kind of staying more central, a little bit more as like a hold up play target man. Then you're going to be looking for your yeah. attacking mid to be. Running off of them more, where I am now, where I look, you know, Royce will drift wide and create these other gaps for you know my outside mids to attack, or for then the attacking mids to attack into the space. So I, I think I think what I like about it is that it's versatile and you could play it a couple different ways. But you know, at this stage of the game, you certainly need pacey players. Like that's and it's kind of unfortunate to say, but there are a lot of options for it. I've actually
3: been using Ebro up front in the system. And it seems to work pretty well, yeah. And he's got marksman on him, so he's not super quick. But having I think I have the pie in behind him, so he's quite quick. So I guess the combination play, yep, um, you can you can release the pie through if you, if you want to and, and use his pace. So I think it's nice, and it feels like you can work really good build up. And also, I think as you were saying against someone parking the bus, it just seems to give you more options than most of the other formations people are playing at the moment.
2: Yeah, it feels like you can play like proper football or like play, you Mm. know, like you can, you can play, you can like replicate a style that you'd like that's passing focused. And if you're planning on Mm. crossing nonstop, like maybe you could do something like this, but there are probably better formations for you. So I just I just take that into consideration if you're, you're thinking about giving it a go.
3: Yeah, a good way to finish it off, I guess. It's not going to be for everyone. And as I said before, if you want to see a full run through of those tactics set up in game, then Steve's going to do that. He's going to reply to the tweet we put out with this podcast in it, and you'll be able to replicate those very easily. And finally, listeners would be forgiven for thinking that that Ronaldo was the only end game item released this week. Not quite true, Steve time for you to reveal all
1: we're talking here there can only be one thing that's that's appeared this week that's that's worthy of being an end game item and that is the northern lights kit that's available in Mm. weekly objectives what a kit
3: beautiful it is amazing and you can quite easily do it because all you have to do is go into squad battles and uh, play any level of difficulty and win and it doesn't matter if you've got terrible chemistry because you've rammed these norwegian swedish and various other nordic players into one team it is fairly straightforward to do and actually if you do on semi-pro whipping loads of crosses until you get five goals off crosses you'll get a shadow card as well from the weekly objectives so uh, a little tip there if you're interested in shadow cards. crossing
2: meta (laughs) (laughs) op. yeah very
3: op against semi-pro ai i can tell you that so let's wrap up this week's podcast and japes where can people find you
2: uh, you can find me on twitter at air japes and if you do try out the the tactics let me know what you think let me know if you have fun and really because that's what it's all about here. Is like do you mm. enjoy playing fifa with these tactics so that's mm. hopefully the answer to that is yes well i've certainly been enjoying it japes thank you very much steve
3: where
1: can people find you if they're interested people if they're interested um, can find <laughs> me <laughs> Thanks for the big build-up, Ben. Yeah, no, sorry. P- people can find me on Twitter <laughs> at The Foot Coach or on Twitch, also The Foot Coach. Great,
3: and if you've enjoyed this week's podcast, then please do subscribe. You can do that all the usual ways. Just go to your podcast provider and search Foot Weekly. And also, if you go to our pinned tweets, you'll find all the links you need there. Have a great week, and we'll see you very soon.
0: Listener, if you're finding things difficult or someone...
3: That's where The Calm Zone comes in. If you're feeling down and things are particularly difficult, then don't hesitate to go to thecalmzone.net for help, support, or just a chat.
0: At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network.